You are listening to the Digitalization and Industry 4 podcast, featuring a wide range of topics of matter in business, technology, and management connected to the rapid technology development and digitalization. Welcome, Niels. I'm very glad to have you with us today to talk about the Digital Society. You are today a member of Parliament for the Centre Party. And I thought maybe the first question for you is to introduce yourself to us and what you do. Yeah, thanks. And thanks for having me. Well, my name is Niels. And as you said, I'm a member of Parliament, elected from Malmö. Uh, the fairest city of the southern part of Sweden. Uh, and uh, when it uh, comes to what I do, I say, uh, I'm in, in two basic committees in the parliament, and one of them is education, and the other one is uh, the business uh, side of the parliament. Uh, but I'm also responsible for the digital questions for uh, the center party, uh, spokesperson for digital uh, uh, questions uh, or uh, subjects. Um, and... For me, the, the basic part of it is to make sure that the understanding of uh, the consequences of digitalization of society uh, reaches a higher level in, in the parliamentary system. Because whatever question we are dealing with in the parliament, digitalization is a part of it. Uh, and to the most part, I would say that that... Uh, that that is still not recognized that many parts of legislation or debates etc are still based on a world that is uh, basically analog uh, and in the society that we do live which is a digital society uh, many ch- things change and then we have to do legislation that we have uh, our understanding of the world and the consequences of legislation must change uh, so I, I try to work a lot with changing perspectives on uh, different kinds of uh, matters basically that's what I try to do most of all. Yeah, and uh, you are a member of the the center party here in Sweden. Uh, just as a basic knowledge, here, how did you get involved in uh, politics? Was that the interest from uh, from your early childhood as well? Well, I've always been uh, interested in society and uh, so like uh, probing questions about how society works and what kind of ideas we live, what what are the norms and why are they there, etc. Uh, questioning things. I'm a very curious person, uh, and. Uh, I've never been involved. I, I moved to Sweden 2006 from Denmark, uh, and I've never been involved in a political party in Denmark. But when I moved here, then I thought, oh, that's a good way to get to know a society. Uh, so I read up under the different parties, and I'm, a, I'm sort of like a uh, liberal person in the European understanding, but also in probably in the American understanding, uh, not that leftist on uh, econo- economic questions, but... Uh, very liberal when it comes to uh, values uh, and the basic idea about speech, etc., uh, free speech, etc. So, uh, and I, I do believe that the climate is a very important question for us as well. So, those things combined made the center party the most uh, relevant party for me. And then it's like I've been in. I saw that we 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 weren't elected into the parliament from Malmo where I live, and we were weren't in the local uh, politics either. But we are now as, uh, since this election. We've had a long sort of like development phase. So I've been involved in regional and local politics mostly, uh, but also often with uh, a digital twist. Uh, so that's sort of like my political background. And as a member of the parliament, you mentioned your some of the focus area in your role. Uh, could you elaborate a little more uh, on that? Well, 
I, I chose education, uh, the area of education, because uh, now where I come from, there's a lot of kids that do not get a proper education. So we have, uh, so like we have uh, areas where there's a, uh, a lot of people living, uh, so like a bit outside of society. Uh, and a lot of kids, we have schools there with only like 30%. They get uh, some years that have been, uh, uh, so like that have had an education that makes it possible for them to get to the next level uh, in high school, et cetera. And, uh, I think that is deplorable. So I uh, chose that to change some of the legislation on that area. And we have, have, have had some success uh, in changing some rules, uh, et cetera. And uh, then uh, the other thing was that I wanted to make sure that uh, the digital understanding in parliament uh, increased. Uh, so that's why I chose uh, so, uh, the business part of uh, society, uh, of parliament as well, uh, that... Uh, a committee, uh, it would be called in English, um, in the American system anyway. <laughs> yep. uh, so, uh, so that's why I chose that. Uh, to, and, because a lot of questions in is there. Yeah, and you mentioned also your second role uh, besides education. You you are educating on the digitalization and the digital yes. society. And uh, I just would like to start in this uh, this area. Uh, we talk a lot about in for digitalization, and it's a broad and open concept. Uh, what does that mean to you, digitalization? I think it's one one understanding of it, uh, and I, I think it's, it, it probably has to be used in many different ways in different uh, arenas, because one part of it is when you take something that is analog and you turn it into something digital, you take a piece of paper and it's so like it's so it goes from an analog, analog book into a digital book, but the the most important part of it in, in, in my view is when something becomes truly digital, especially from our point of uh, view as uh, legislators, I believe is that the, the important thing is for society and the change is not that you read a book on a tablet instead of reading it on paper. That is not, that is not a shift of understanding or of perspective. Whereas when you use the, the consequences of it being on a tablet, meaning that, okay, so now we do get the possibility to track the reading speed of a pupil. We get a, a possibility of, uh, uh, so like, uh, collecting the speed which with, with, with which uh, all our students uh, write or uh, the number of errors they do when they uh, write words, etc. And we can see that in this school, the, the, the probability of learning to write by the fifth grade is this high, and in this school it's this high. And we can see that uh, the, the, the level which the, the, the skill is rising, the speed with which you, uh, you get the skill of writing or reading, uh, it's much fast, faster with this teacher than with that teacher. Then we can try. Then we can start to have a much more analytical and uh, science-based uh, approach to education. And that is just one little example where, so like, it's it's when it gets truly digital, and when it has become truly digital, it also means that uh, if you start making uh, the education system based on that kind of uh, numerals or uh, analytics, then you can no longer return to the book because then that system does not work anymore. Then you have become truly digitalized uh, or digitized. Uh, and that is where we are approaching in a lot of areas. Uh, 
uh, and the understanding that of that and the consequences of it is to my uh, in my view is still very low in the parliamentary system for instance that you when it comes to like basic infrastructure that well if our entire system is based on digital systems or uh, understandings then of course we must have a more robust system for the transfer of data and the system of for transferring of data today uh, and the stability of networks etc is still very very low uh, to a degree that we would never accept in other kinds of infrastructure uh, so there's a lot of consequences of that shift uh, that is so like so that means that you have to go into the digital to the physical world as well and change things uh, and that uh, that shift uh, i do believe is still uh, there's still a lot of people who do not understand the consequences i do not of course understand all the consequences <laughs> far from it but i do understand that that is that there are consequences of it that is mm. beyond the physical world and that mm. we have to change uh, our our concepts of each uh, like uh, of everything basically when everything becomes digitalized truly then uh, there's a lot of things that we could do before that we cannot do anymore but most of all there are a lot of things that we could not do that we now can do mm. and I, and uh, the the speed of innovation in the legislative in the legislative system is very low mm. compared to what it is in the outside world and you mentioned a little bit uh, some of examples of uh, becoming more uh, digitized. Uh, I, I think about as a citizen, my behavior uh, changes when when things are becoming more uh, digitized. Uh, when you have tools to do that, you can now go online and do a lot of a lot of things. Uh, you can uh, interact with uh, your municipality through digital tools. Do you think uh, digitalization will empower people more uh, than than before? Well, in many ways, it already has. Uh, I do believe there are a lot of ways. I mean, uh, we've always we've had freedom of speech in Sweden for a long time, but with the new tools of make where it's possible for more actors to create a national uh, arena for discussion and debate. Of course, the freedom of speech uh, has increased, which is positive. Then there are a lot of uh, sites, etc., that I do not like and what they write. But in terms of freedom of speech and the possibility of having a, a free debate, it's very positive. Uh, so it's it's no longer possible for so like semi-elite locally or uh, nationally to so like limit the questions that are to debate, uh, which is positive. Um, so that's just one little aspect. So I do believe uh, it. In many ways, it's it will be easier for people to. Uh, get access to advice on health, etc. If we manage to get a proper system, what I do fear is that uh, in the way it's heading now, where the public system, which is paid by all of us, uh, it it's still stuck in uh, some sort of limbo between the analog and the phys- and the digital, uh, which means that there's a lot of system errors. That means that. Uh, there's like there are some systems where uh, there are some ways into the healthcare system that is paid for all of us, but is uh, primarily used by those with uh, good connections or with uh, so like with a high understanding of the digital world. Uh, and we have to make sure that the uh, fair access to healthcare is also coming into the uh, digital world, which we've had in the analog uh, or physical world, and. 
for instance, I, I am absolutely certain that the that there will be a very big global market on uh, healthcare uh, for the monetized people, whereas for those who do not have money, uh, it will still be other ways. Where in Sweden we have a, a public financed healthcare, uh, and I think there will be, if we are not careful, there will be a big uh, divide between those who have money and those who do not in the access to healthcare. Uh, so there's a lot of these things when things become global and you you're not longer you're no longer uh, so like limited to the the local health care system which happens to be near you but you have access to a global health care system uh, as long as it's digital uh, I do believe that that will have enormous consequences and we are nowhere near having an understanding of what it means or how we should uh, handle it in a, in a system where we want it to be uh, equal access to healthcare, mm-hmm. and and with that uh, we have also uh, let's say for example the healthcare, but also in other uh, sectors there are a lot yeah, of platforms. Yeah, so there are a lot of uh, platform-based actors. We have in communication, we have Facebook, we have in also now nowadays we talk a lot about gig economy with mm-hmm. uh, with uh, with also Airbnb and other uh, platform-based actors. How do you, you mentioned a little bit about fair and equal access to this. How do you, how do you see that we can create uh, a fair and equal rules when it comes to usage of this uh, platform-based actors? Well, one of the things that I'm, uh, well, I think we'll see more uh, legislation where, and we've seen the European Union starting to take steps as well, is when it comes to the monopol- monopolies. Uh, because what what happens? Uh, we, I mean, the digital world is pushed towards monopoly or near monopoly status, because the advantages of putting your house on air or your apartment on Airbnb compared to any competitor is enormous, because their reach is so much bigger. Whereas, if, as long as you're uh, uh, so like going after local uh, actors, there's a larger uh, possibility of many actors. Uh, so uh, digital quite often goes towards monopolies in many areas, same as, I mean, Wikipedia has more or less uh, monopoly in, in that area uh, on a global scale. Uh, Google has it, uh, Facebook more or less has it, China is in, and some other countries are exceptions, but in the sort of like classic Western world, Facebook has more or less uh, monopoly. Uh, in some sorts of platform uh, systems. And and that is something where we have to be very careful uh, because monopolies are bad, uh, always have been and always will be. So I do believe there are s- certain parts of the digital economy where the legislational system has to so like ramp up the powers. Uh, at the same time, uh, it is hard to stop people from choosing something voluntarily, voluntarily, and a lot of the platforms uh, add values to many people. Uh, so we also have to be careful with what we do so we don't stop it. And also the trade-off, I mean, because some of these technologies, they are very useful and bring value. But at the same time, we also talk about uh, taxing, uh, taxes of when you do the, the, you put your house on Airbnb or you take a gig economy work. How do you see like uh, the, the policies needs to change to, to handle this, uh, this uh, transformation? Well, in, in Sweden, we have uh, uh, a basic, uh, so like uh, we have a rule that says that as long as you pay someone, for instance, 
below uh, 999 kronas, uh, uh, you don't have to report to the IRS and the tax system. Uh, so in a gig economy, many people will continuously be below that. Uh, and then it's up to the ones who uh, who takes the money to report it, uh, who gets the money, uh, who's paid to report it to the IRS. And uh, it's uh, we can uh, we can see that that, that is not often done. <laughs> uh, and I I absolutely believe that we have to find a way to so like let uh, legislate and uh, make sure that we do not create a, a so like a secondary econom- economical system that is outside of the tax system where. Uh, where if you take your job in one way, you're paid highly, you're you're paid, and you do not tax. And if you take, and if you're employed in another way, you are paid and taxed. That of course is not uh, sustainable. Uh, so we have to find, uh, we have to do legislation that makes sure that uh, whether it's uh, Fedora, uh, if it's uh, Airbnb or any other. Uber or whatever it is, that those transactions are taxed in a similar way way to normal uh, either uh, having uh, your own company or being employed. Uh, yeah. It's absolutely necessary. And also within this digital economy, I read, I think last week that there are a lot of voices concerning about whatever we do in on the internet online, we are being tracked when it comes to the data. We don't own the data. Do you see there's a need to, to change this, that maybe we should have uh, some kind of account where we are have our own data? And uh, today, because it's taken basically for free uh, by the, the, some of the actors we have mentioned, like also in online with Facebook and Google, do you see a need to change in that perspective as well? Well, it's, it's of course it's the first thing we have to make uh, be very clear with is that it's voluntary to be part of those systems. Uh, you do not have to uh, log in to use Google, etc., uh, and so on. Facebook, you do not need to have to be a citizen, etc. So, so there is there is an important aspect in that that you voluntarily choose to give up your information. It, you are not uh, forced to do it to be a citizen or something like that. So that's the part about that. Uh, then what, and I do not think that it's a problem in itself that the, that the companies have data on you. What is important is, of course, the possibility to have it erased. And we have that legislation is in place now in the European Union in many ways. Uh, what is worked on now is, of course, that uh, where Google, Facebook and many others are involved is the, uh, the transferring of data between systems. That's also related to the monopoly system. Uh, and there is now a, uh, they are working together, uh, to find, so like a, uh, a common transferring system, making it possible to transfer your data between systems, uh, making it easier for you to opt out of one system and, uh, enter into another one, which from the perspective of the individual and again, uh, concerning monopolies is very positive. Uh, because that would make it easier for a new actor to get in as well, in theory, in theory anyway. Uh, so I mean, it, it isn't that easy to say exactly what kind of legislation you need, but, and I don't think that it's, I mean, the basic idea is, of course, that you should own your own data uh, and you have the right to have it removed. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you have to sort of like, that, I mean, if you make one place where it's all positioned, uh, which is sort of like a theoretical idea. Someone has to own that as well. 
And I do not believe it would necessarily be better if the government owned all your data uh, or that that site where it was. It could, of course, be uh, Wikipedia, etc. that kind of organization that has it. But there will always be interests in that data unless you pay for the storage of it where it's, it's pure payment that makes it, uh, it sort of like make it tick. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure that that would be a possibility either. And we know that in almost all systems, there have been leaks uh, of data. Uh, <clears throat> so of course it would not, if you collect all your data in one place uh, and that place is leaked, then the consequences of that uh, leak would be much larger than if the data is separated into different systems. So it's not that easy, and uh, no system is ever idiot-proof, yeah. ever. But also, we can hear now what from our discussion is very complex. It's very complex issues mm. here, and you said that your one of your job is to make uh, to to bring awareness in in, in these questions. Mm. Do you think uh, when it comes to the the politicians we have in Sweden that we need to to become more aware of this this uh, these questions? Absolutely, that's why I've uh, so sort of like started a network in the parliament on mm. digitalization. Uh, where we have uh, different seminars, etc., on various uh, uh, issues that are going to be on uh, on our table sooner or later. Uh, it can be very different issues, but where there's a clear digital, uh, like underlining of it, uh, and I do believe that all of us and myself, very much included, needs a lot more uh, information and understanding on digital issues. Uh, most parliamentarians uh, have grown up in a less digital world than what it is today, even if we have a very young parliament in Sweden compared to most countries. Uh, but all legislation, there's very little legislation that is that has that was born in the digital world. Most of it has been born in an analog world. We've seen in the European Union when it comes to copyright that you so like took a new uh, complete set, uh, complete, uh, so like wrap around the digital world of uh, copyright, which is very, very good. There are some issues with it, uh, which I'm sure everybody who listens to this are aware of. Uh, and we've been clear on, uh, so like that, uh, copyright, that there's an issue with the copyright and the free speech, uh, uh, in the suggestion that is there. And it's, we still don't have a Swedish, uh, like, uh, proposition on how it's supposed to be in Sweden. Uh, so, and the commission has still not uh, given all the directions for how to translate the legislation into uh, national uh, law. So, so there's a lot of these things that are that that present new uh, challenges. The basic idea of much legislation on the digital world in the European Union is that uh, what what uh, the ideas that uh, legislation has for how the world should function in the analog world, the same so like basic uh, values, etc., should be taken into the digital world as well. So if we have a copyright that makes it illegal to copy something in the physical world, then it should be illegal to copy it in the digital world as well. And I think that is a, a, a rather good uh, basic idea to build on uh, if it comes, for instance, uh, with monopolies, etc. So if you think it's bad with monopolies in the physical world, it's probably bad in the digital world as well. Uh, but there, but we do not always follow that. Uh, for instance, with, when it comes to the copyright the situation, where in the digital world you want the you want the companies to stop the to uh, preemptively stop uh, uh, sorry, uh, breaches of the law 
of copyrights. Uh, where actually in the analog world, you would never demand that of anyone. Uh, you would never demand that a uh, uh, that uh, a market where the books are sold, uh, or you have a flea market, that they should have to check every single uh, object coming into that flea market to see if there's a copyright infringement. Whereas if you uh, if you see on the on the flea market that there's obvious copyright infringement, you would expect them to say you cannot sell that here. Uh, and but in the digital world, you said that you have to stop it at the gate. Uh, so there's a lot of I mean, you do not always follow that rule uh, from the European Union either. So that that kind of problem problem uh, we'll see in many ways, I think. And going forward in uh, the next uh, area, we look at Sweden. Uh, today, what kind of initiatives are uh, underway or going uh, to take place in the future when it comes to related to uh, digitalizations? You mentioned some of the network you are working mm-hmm. with, but are there other uh, initiatives uh, around Sweden? Well, first, there's the Sweden, there's the Swedish version of the copyright issues. Uh, we have uh, right now one of the things that would be very interesting is uh, there's been a new. Uh, this uh, we are going to have on open data, uh, which has uh, very big uh, possible consequences and possibilities for Sweden, uh, where we where there's we've gone from it's uh, it's okay to open your data to you have to open your data basically, then of course there are limits, etc., and we have to discuss exactly how to do it. But that change is very, very positive. Uh, there will also be very financial consequences of it since uh, many authorities uh, have their basic uh, income uh, from the sale of data. And if they have to put it out free, then, of course, we have to fund them differently, etc. So there's a lot of uh, consequences of that. So that uh, on open data, I do believe, uh, will be very, very interesting for everybody uh, involved in digitalization to follow Uh, one thing that will also be interesting, I believe, is to see how we are going to uh, make sure that the basic uh, sorry, infrastructure is in place uh, with 5G, with uh, more robust uh, internet connections, etc. Uh, is one example, we, which is not it's like connecting the physical and the digital world, which is uh, sorry, it's, it's, it's the basics. We cannot have a, a good system, uh, a good digital system. Uh, economy if the basic infrastructure is not there. And then there's one thing that hasn't really been talked about a lot, but uh, government, uh, the government gave a uh, instruction to Skolverket uh, and uh, some other uh, authorities as well, together with the, uh, sorry, the representative for the, for the municipalities and regions to finally uh, get in, sorry, get together and find a way to find uh, common standards and uh, for the public systems so that the interoperability in our systems uh, in government, regional, like healthcare and the municipal level uh, increases and hopefully the transferring of data will be much easier. And that, I believe, if it's done right, can have a very positive uh, effect. So that's, that's going to be very interesting to follow as well, as examples. Mm. Yeah, and from your uh, broad perspective, when it comes to the, uh, the, do you think like Sweden have a clear strategy when it comes to digitalization? What is uh, the, the first uh, short-term and long-term uh, planning? Do you see that uh, today well, being in place? Well, I do believe there are quite good strategies on the basic mm. ideas. The, the problem with strategies is that they, uh, 
you, you don't, a strategy doesn't have any effect if you don't have a plan and money mm. to uh, get through. And, and it's, it's, that's, that's the big problem, isn't it? That, uh, for instance, we created the digital authority, a dig, uh, a few years ago, but they were hardly monetized at all. Uh, and, but still given a lot of responsibility. Now they get more money, uh, in the new budget that we've just, uh, just made. But, uh, there's a lot of, so like, uh, mismatches between the, the strategies we have in Sweden and the actual monetization following it. Uh, so, uh, but I do believe the basic strategies are, are often quite right, uh, but also very broad. So it's, so I'm more concerned about the actual following through than the beautiful words in the strategies. And and looking at also uh, we during um, when it comes to my my personal work I work a lot with companies in the manufacturing mm-hmm. sector, and uh, when you say that uh, how can how can uh, for example there be more policies that can create more collaboration between the public and uh, private sector when it comes to making maybe innovation partnership or seizing new opportunities. Uh, do you see that there can be more done in this area? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, some of it, of course, is uh, Vinova and other authorities making sure that they actually, and, and universities not least, being a lot better at opening up to uh, common uh, There's a lot of, so like, uh, silos in, the, in that world still that really shouldn't be. I do believe that the open data is such an example where you can have enormous uh, common uh, possibilities, but where the first thing for the government uh, and the authorities is to open up. And now with the da- data open and freely available, then the companies can use it. Uh, and many times they can u- do solutions that would be a great use for the authorities themselves. Uh, I do also, I have uh, myself placed uh, suggestions to the parliament uh, that it should be easier to uh, this uh, uh, public, uh, what's it called, uh, uh, inship. Uh, well, when you when the pop when the government uh, buys from mm-hmm. companies, there's a in in Sweden our our laws are more strict than they have to be according to European law. Uh, so we have for for so like many innovation, uh, a lot of innovation can be done quite cheaply. You don't have to spend tens of millions on uh, some solutions. But in, in Sweden, we have uh, our, uh, yeah, public procurement. Our rules on public procurement are very strict, also down to low uh, levels uh, of cost. So that means that if you have to buy something for a million, for instance, you have to go through a big process, which means that a lot of innovators do not want to get in there because it's just too difficult. Whereas the European uh, legislation that we have to follow only says that you have to follow so like the basic five principles of non-discrimination, openness, etc. Uh, and if we use that up to the so like to the max level where we are we are allowed to according to the European legislation, it would be so much easier to so like uh, if someone wants to say so come if you come as a, a company to a municipality and say this thing over here. We could try to make a solution for you that would do these marvelous things that you don't do today. And it'll cost you about half a million for us to do it in this innovation project. And if it's good, uh, we can sell it to all the municipalities and make money on it. Uh, that would be so much easier. So much easier if we change that law. Uh, mm-hmm. And I do believe that uh, I am a f- big fan of uh, freedom 
rather than having all sorts of different projects with uh, funding that where you can apply for money, etc. I do believe it's much easier if the freedom is given to the public uh, sector and the companies to work together and find common solutions uh, in innovation uh, where it's needed and when it's needed uh, instead of applying for funds from the from the government or some authority. So that's basically one thing that I do believe we have to change uh, mm. with the speed of innovation that is uh, in digitalization. Mm. Yeah. And will increase. And, and uh, looking ahead, maybe I've mentioned some of the things. What important policy issues are you driving today in your work? Uh, well, we have, we, we have uh, as the only party, I have, I'm, responsible for, I'm responsible for a digital uh, amendment, uh, probably called, uh, but uh, uh, sort of like uh, uh, a suggestion for legislation. Legislati- oh, I can't speak now. Uh, legislation, <laughs> digital legislation. It's called uh, it's called uh, digitalisering uh, in uh, in the Riksdag's uh, database. Uh, there will be a new one now where we we sort of like we go through almost a, a lot of different uh, sort of like subjects where all where things have to change. I think we have about uh, 60 different points in it uh, of things we would like to change that are purely digital, uh, which is some of it is security-based, some of it is like uh, the the way the public sector works. It's like, if you get married, why do we have to do everything in paper now still? Uh, You can't just like use your, everybody in in Sweden has a, a digital ID. Uh, almost everyone, but you cannot use it when you have this extra. And this means that a lot of paper gets lost and people are not registered as married, even if they are, etc. There's a lot of problem with this paper of trail, uh, which would be, which did, would disappear straight away. Uh, so like I'm, I marry people myself and I saw like, if I write their names wrong, their names will be wrong. If I write the wrong date, that is what, what so like, and if I post it and, the, and post note, uh, it's like, it disappears in their system, then they are not married. <laughs> and like, and they are not, they are not notified when it's registered. So they do not know if they have been registered, if they don't do not uh, take some like a control for themselves. So that's it's like, it's high and low really. Uh, uh, so that's the, that's like the, the framework of, uh, it's like what I do. And then, so like the big issues on open data and uh, copyright, et cetera, are there as well. So that is the framework for the things that I'm so like pushing in Parliament. Then, of course, there's so like the suggestions from the government comes, and you have to so like see what has to be done on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we look forward to follow follow your work. It's a very interesting areas, and it's very it's this current topic as well because it's a, mm-hmm. the change or the the pace of the changes are really happening very fast, and uh, we see a lot of new, as you mentioned, innovation. Uh, and uh, it brings value, uh, of course, to the mm-hmm. citizens, but also I think for Sweden to to become more when it comes to the manufacturing as well. In, in this, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, so there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, we've hardly we've hardly started on the optimization mm-hmm. of uh, public uh, decision making. Uh, so, like in the social systems, etc., and uh, in in school systems, etc. And when we, uh, of course, this is so like it's you have to really get it right. I mean, this is very important stuff. Uh, this can decide whether a person gets money for their house, or like gets uh, funding for the for their rent or not from the government. So it's very important that you get it right. But at the moment, we have we increase the number of people working for the government every year, 
and uh, highly increase it. So, and at the same time, we we are starting to like we are reaching the top of the possibility of taxing people more, and uh, our municipalities are on a deficit, etc. So, we saw like we are on the edge of what is possible to finance in the public sector. We it might be possible to take a little more money also, like, but uh, so we have to find new ways of innovation and optimization, etc. Is absolutely absolutely necessary to get it rolling. It will increase it has the possibility to increase the security in the decision making that we people get what they actually have the right to according to law etc and it's a bit much easier to monitor and we can save a lot of money in the systems as well so i do believe there's a lot of possibilities of innovation but it's it's going to take some time before we're there yeah and also when i meet a lot of uh, different companies they mention education uh, reskilling mm-hmm. uh, as the, the number one maybe one of the first on the list there do you think that uh, when it comes to education where we have the traditional system today and now people with aging uh, they need to reskill more more often than before do you yeah. think there is a change in also in how that system works yeah but the, the problem is that uh, my absolute uh, opinion is that the universities in sweden are uh, they're caught in the old world still i mean i'm i'm, I'm part of the of uh, so like the man, not the management but so like a uh, so like a board you could say of a uh, vocational education in uh, in the malmö malmö högskola and i was like we've published every 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 uh, single uh, hour of education we have published for all current and prior, prior students for more than 10 years and there's hardly any university in sweden that does anything on publishing the knowledge that we all pay for for them for them to create or uh, so like educate uh, the the rest of us in so you have to so like get in even if it's all tax paid they're trying to lock in the information rather than open it uh, and at the same time it's possible for me to study for free basically at stanford uh, and the moocs etc it's there's still such a long way uh, so in that so like when it comes to higher education i do believe it's sweden is so far behind uh, very very far behind um when it comes to schools normal so like public schools etc i do believe there's a lot of possibilities away as well uh, but that's not so much reskilling but i we've just one of the things that we've managed is that in the vocational education we've had a lot more so like shorter courses uh, financed much better it became easier with corona to get that through uh, which is reskilling uh, and what that does is that if you if you want to uh, so like when the school ground part of this uh, board is like we we focus on programming uh, in mobile solutions um, and normally that's just boys or men basically very few women uh, when it we, if we try to push it as programming if we press, try to push you learn how to create solutions for marketing more girls uh, apply which is wonderful because they're very different perspectives and very different kind of people who come in when we now you do the short courses where it's like where what after many years we we managed to get uh, in tourism for instance the digital tourism which is, all tourism is digital now nobody travels and then goes to their so like the local office to ask where to go everybody's planned their vacation in advance so if you want to be successful in tourism you have to be digital first now uh, so we try to teach people solutions in that 
what you can do, what you can program, etc. Also, uh, different kind of so like uh, tourist solutions uh, based on positioning as well, etc. And that was hard to get through because, well, uh, in the system, you saw like you don't see that everything has to be digital. You also, you see more like people have to learn to program. But it's what we see is that every single kind of business has to be digital. So every single kind of uh, knowledge has to have a sorry employee has to have a level of digitalization on top of their current knowledge. And what we see now with the short courses where we digitalize, uh, for instance, education uh, or uh, tourism, etc a lot more women because they can they can they can use their existing skill and then so like get a reskill or upskill of that a more upskill basically actually uh, and that means that we have uh, so like it's finally possible to get the entire population into the system otherwise it would just be so like the tech boys and all respect for tech boys but they also they only <laughs> cover so much and they they do not always know the business they know how to create solutions, but they don't know. So like, they're not always as good at knowing what is the end consumer's uh, value of it or what is the business value of it. That, in that, you need the rest of the people. And that, when it comes to like uh, uh, courses on distance, digital courses, shorter, it's much easier to get the entire populace into it. And that is going to revolutionize everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I do believe that is so. Like that is the way to lift the entire population, and not just the tech boys, mm-hmm. and women, of course, as well. But it's normally, mostly the boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So very interesting examples, and uh, we very much look forward uh, that you bring awareness and you drive this uh, this important issues as well. Uh, so, so with that, Nis, I, I think I want to thank you for participating and um, being with us today. I think it's very interesting to see so your perspective, and also it gives us hope that this, there is an awareness also in in the the, the parliament uh, for 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 you driving the, this work. Uh, and of course, I will uh, put on your co- contact info that people can contact you and uh, have yeah, more discussions. Uh, so, is there anything you want to add before before we we, we finish here today? No, I don't know. It's like, well, it's important for me that uh, what you said that is very good to get in touch. If you so like, mm. if you think that there are issues that need to be uh, addressed, it is very easy to get in touch. Mm. That is something that has also increased with the digital world. Yeah. It's a lot easier to get in touch with your local parliamentarian. That's a mm. good thing. Yes, of course. So with that, thank uh, you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for being with us, and have a have a pleasant day. You too.